T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Breakfast Ball. I'm Ben Charlson, joined by Ryan Hannibal, as always. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. How are you? I'm good. We got our first week of real PGA Tour action last week, and it did not disappoint, in my opinion. No, I'm the same way with you. I thought, you know, like we said last week, it was a stacked field with a number of the top players in the world, and a lot of those guys were in contention throughout the week. And, you know, Sunday afternoon, it came down to Daniel Berger and Colin Morikawa, not two of the bigger names. You know, they're up there, but not the big stars. But the stars were still there. I think the ratings were, were really good. You know, this is in a tournament that most people, you know, watch on a yearly basis with that change this year. And, you know, I think everything went, went pretty much as well as it could have. I mean, there were no positive cases. There were no issues with the protocols. There were no, you know, the TV stuff went off, you know, as planned. And, you know, I thought it was a, it was, you know, obviously it would be better with fans there, but the tour and TBS did a great job making it, you know, happen. And the players, you know, the top players in the world competed and, and put on, you know, what they usually do. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. They're, yeah, obviously with fans, it, it, to- it makes it uh, different and it would have been more enjoyable with fans. But yeah, like you said, it, it was a very good tournament. Um, and, and, yes, even, like, the lack of cameras that CBS had, they still did a good job of, of getting the correct angles and, and getting all that stuff. So so they did a good job, and I, I figure each tournament they're going to learn from and, and make changes right. to improve it, and which, which will be good. So I, I have no complaints from it. And play-wise, it was, it was great. Each day you had, what, like, ten guys within one stroke or two strokes of the lead. Oh, yeah. More yeah, than that, was, even on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, and, and you had – not all the big names at the top of the leaderboard, but at some point it seemed like you had, you know, McElroy's up there to Shambo, Spieth. You had these guys who were well-known guys competing and going for, for the uh, title. And the guy like Berger, I kind of forgot a few years ago, he was one of those up and coming young guys. And then he had year, two years of just wrist injuries that really hurt him. But he was one of those, like, kind of uh, Shoffley when Shoffley was coming up. Uh, Rob, he was in that same field as those guys. And it is good to see him, uh, someone like that, recover from an injury and, and get back to his winning ways. And I know before the uh, season uh, was on pause, he had, I think, like three top 10s in a row or three top 20s in a row. So he was playing well. And it's good to see someone who was playing that well uh, get a win right back uh, when we return. Yeah, that was, you know, and the way that he won, too, was, you know, in, in good fashion. You know, the, the missed putts at the end with, with Shoffley's lip out, you know, on 17 in regulation, and then Morikawa's in the playoff, you know, those were you know, big moments. And I think that the sport, 
I mean, I, obviously you fear for those players missing those putts, but those are you know good moments for the sport. Um, I wonder how much different they would have been with fans there and what the reaction would have been like. Um, but I don't know. How, how did you feel about just watching Sunday afternoon without fans there? Did you notice it at all? Did you think about it at all? Because if I'm being honest, I didn't really notice it much at all. I mean, I knew in the back of my mind they weren't there, but it didn't really impact my viewing experience. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't really, I guess, bother me or I didn't really notice it. I was thinking kind of, like I, we talked about last week, going into tournament, would guys be a little bit more relaxed on Sunday? Would they not be as affected because there aren't fans there? But to be honest, I think the Sunday final round, even though there are no fans, some of the guys still felt the pressure. You could oh, see sure. some, some uh, poor tee shots, obviously, with those two lip outs by those guys. Maybe it was a little bit of rust, but I think that, because they had played well all week where they weren't messing up things like that. So I think there was a little bit of that Sunday pressure got to them. Even though there weren't fans there, they did still feel a little bit of that pressure. And, and you could see it on some of their, their shots. And, and obviously those two putts, which were huge for both those guys. The only thing without fans, I think, impacted things were like there are some shots that would have normally hit grandstands, like behind greens, that actually rolled out, you know, pass cart pass or whatever so you saw some shots that you wouldn't see otherwise which I think is good in a way because it's more like a real you're playing the game as it should be and not just hitting like we talked about last week I think like guys would you know take advantage of having grandstands buying greens where you could sort of be more aggressive and going over the green because you know you'd have a backstop and now you know you don't have that luxury so I think that this could actually you probably see I think somebody did the math that like the with the average score on the first day, I think was like a tenth of a of a stroke higher than last year, just without fans and just because of things like that. So I guess maybe it made it for more of a true test in a way. I guess. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. With with the grandstands and that stuff, that's more. It's more of a help for these players in most cases. Yeah, and even when there are fans there, like if they hit a wayward tee shot you might be getting a better lie because the grass has been stamped down. You're not getting all these um, deep roughs. So to be honest for the players, I'm, I'm guessing for them, the fans are, are a little bit helpful. Yes, they can be hindrance also, but there are times where you hit a tee shot way right and you're in some deep rough now. Like back then with fans there, it might just be uh, – the grass might just be um, stamped down at that point. Or, yeah, you have the, right. the backboard at a, at a hole. So – you can be a little bit more aggressive. You can go for it, and you know you're going to get a free drop or it's going to bounce back. So so it will be a little bit, I think, of a ch- challenge for them to kind of get used to that, not having the, these um, helps a little bit. But but they're pros, so I think they'll, they'll figure it out, and it'll be a little bit more understanding with them. Like, hey, like, all right, I can't be as aggressive. I can't fly this green if I hit a perfect shot here. I, I do need to land on the green or stuff like that because there won't be that break. But yeah, other than that, I throughout the whole weekend, I, I, I didn't really feel or miss the fans, I guess. I didn't, I didn't notice it. Um, yeah. I know a couple of players talked about it. It was, it was definitely a little different. Like Shoffley talked about it. He, he, he definitely noticed it out there with, with no fans, but he played great. So it obviously didn't affect him. Yeah, I'm sure it was a little strange, like, if they make a long putt, like Shoffley's long putt on Sunday, there was just no reaction. So that's a little bit different. And then probably just, like, you know, maybe it's sort of like an eerie feeling in a way on the first tee where, like, nobody's around. And I don't know, maybe for some guys it could be more pressure just because, like, you feel like nobody's watching. But in reality, you know that everybody's watching on TV. So 
maybe there's more nerves there. Um, did you listen to watch Thursday with Fowler mic'd up at all? Uh, I saw a little bit here and there um, of it. I don't know. Like, it, it was fine. I, I don't know. Like the whole mic'd up thing. I know they have um, like Harmon's going to do it soon. Which Adam is- Hadwin. Yeah. Hadwin. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Adam, Adam Hadwin. Like it, that'll be fine, but I don't know. Just in the middle of a tournament, it's not the same as like what they're expecting from from like the Tiger match or the um, drive, was it drive for relief, like where they're actually talking. These guys are in the middle of a round. And they know they're like Sometimes, But like we talked about last week, like the back and forth with the caddies, that gets picked up on the microphones anyway. So it's kind of like you don't really need it. I, like, I, yeah. I don't – after having Fowler and watching some of that, I don't think it was needed. Like I, I just don't – I mean, it's better for the charity things where they're more relaxed. Like, like you said, they can, you know – I just don't think it was necessary. I understand they wanted to try to something new and get people into it, but with the how good the microphones are these days and picking things up, I don't think you need to have a player mic'd up. Yeah, and they have like those boom mics on every or at least the feature group. So yeah, like you, they're they're picking up what they're talking about. So I think having that is better than than someone being mic'd up where they know they're mic'd up. And I I get it. They like with the mics around them, they know they're around, but they're obviously. Uh, I feel like they, they're not as um, guarded with them because right, it's right. not on them. When you have the mic on you and you know it's there and can feel it, yeah, they're, they're going to talk, but it's not going to be any of this um, deep talk or anything in, like really interesting. It'll be what you hear on those boom mics anyways. Right. Like I think, because I heard before the tournament started, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas didn't like, or, or they weren't in favor of being mic'd up themselves and, followers in their group and so I bet they kind of watched what they said throughout that round to him just because they knew that he was mic'd and what he, they said he could potentially get picked up too so I don't know I just it was you know they gotta try some things and maybe this is one where they just realized like what we have is already pretty good and, and we'll we'll just you know continue what we're doing with having the the mics pick up stuff on the course yeah it wasn't it yeah, yeah it wasn't a bad idea you have to try it so that's fine and and maybe certain players will be a little bit more open or maybe like later in the tournament if our guys are on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday and are a little bit more out of the, out of the race, they might be a little bit more open. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe just they don't need to, I guess, advertise it as much like, Hey, this guy's going to be mic'd up. Maybe just kind of throughout the tournament, throw stuff in They're like, Oh, like we had right. whoever mic'd up and here's a little bit of audio. And then they had that um, confessional or whatever, whatever it was. you want to call it. Yeah. I saw that on Sunday, and it was it wasn't anything. It was just them being like, "Hey, like, thanks, right. like I want to say hi to my mom." Like it was right. It's it not was like kind of getting information from. They're not like going in depth or anything. It was just like a one second uh, or one sentence little clip from them. Yeah, same thing. A good thing to try. It didn't like take away from the event, but I don't think it was necessarily needed. It wasn't like, "Oh, this was awesome!" Like you got to hear these guys talk. Like. I don't know, one of those things that maybe they could tweak it a little bit and make it more entertaining, but I wouldn't, like, say, like, they need to have this at every, you know, tournament moving forward. Yeah, I, when I was watching on Sunday, I felt like it was, like, a hostage cam. Like, right. they like, were forced to stop there, and they're, like, giving, like, a like a cue card. It's like, all right, read this. Like, here we go. So, right. yeah, it was it was interesting. I, mean, least, like, to give I give it them try. credit for trying these things. I mean, they have to with these, at this point with, you know, trying to find different ways to make it more entertaining and getting, you know, attracting more fans than just the, the avid golf fan. So 
I appreciate CBS doing these things and maybe like you said, they'll learn from past events and make it better, you know, moving forward because CBS has all these tournaments moving forward. So I'm sure that they'll find ways to make things different. I don't know. I, I found it a little bit odd in a way, like, so all the analysts besides, besides everybody besides Nance and a few of the on-course reporters were in Orlando. And so like, they're giving like, I noticed that they gave like misreads on Sunday, like the last couple yeah. on the last couple greens, like, so maybe that's something that like try not to give like actual say this putt's gonna break left when you don't know it's gonna break left. Yes, yeah, so that that was a little weird that they have the guys yeah not that are in studio not on course and I get it that's that's what they do like that's what they're right. used to doing so they're always trying to do it but yeah like like be maybe a little bit less about what you think the green's gonna do or the course and more about the player swing or stuff like yeah, that right. focus on right. that where you can right. actually talk about it com- compared to trying to on a tv which you know you no one can read on a tv what the green's gonna right. do or what the speed is it's just focus more i guess on the player and not as much on the green which yeah i, I think that's that's gonna be for them too it's gonna be a learning experience like trying to figure out what worked for them um commentating from from a studio and not on course which they're so used to doing yeah, and then they, I, like we keep saying, it's going to get better and better, and I'd be interesting to see what you know what they do this week, what they do in the coming weeks. I'm sure they'll go all out more for the majors when you know more attention is on these tournaments. So I think that getting these tournaments, sort of like the players, you know, playing more. Same thing for the TV, getting these tournaments in to see what works, what doesn't work, to make it to have the best product come out in you know August and September when they have the majors and all the bigger tournaments. Yeah, I know. I know we're we're nitpicking here, but it was. For for the first tournament, it was well smooth, good, oh, yeah. uh, great play from the players, and a great tournament going into uh, playoff to, for the first uh, tournament back in three months. So so yeah, little things that obviously CBS will work on fixing. But but for for a golf fan, it was a, it was a great return for us uh, at the Charles Schwab and a big one for Daniel Berger. But uh, now let's go to the uh, RBC Heritage, which is in. Uh, is it Hilton Head this week? Hilton Head. I've I've actually played the course. I'm a, oh really? I, yeah. So I went there. I've been there twice, and I've played Harbor Town once, and then they have a couple two other courses on property. I've played there a couple of times. It's one of my favorite spots, like in the world. Like it's just a relaxing environment. You're right on the beach, kind of. There's a lot of like restaurants and shops. Just a relaxed place. Like it's, and I think the players like it too because it's like inside this big complex it's a fenced in community and so there's a million houses that the players stay in so they don't have to really leave property like i heard matthew fitzpatrick on foreplay yesterday saying his house is on the third tee so just player it's very convenient for the players and it's a it's a, always one of the best courses on tour in great shape and it's not not a long course um but it's it required you know a lot of shot shaping um keeping the ball in the fairway so i think this is a week where the big hitters aren't really getting much of an advantage because you're not hitting driver in a lot of holes. Yeah, and I think you can kind of tell that it is uh, – I, I know it's the second tournament back, so you're going to get a lot of people there anyways. But you do have a, another star-studded field, not as big as the Charles Schwab, but but a lot of players there. And, and yeah, like you said, listening to players and, like, just looking on social media, it seems like these guys really enjoy going to um, Hill and Head and, and uh, the, this course with what the amenities have. So – it, it will be interesting to see these guys um, 
this week. And yeah, it's another course similar to um, Colonial. It's not a long course. It's right. But it will challenge these players and, and force them to, um, you know, like you said, hit the fairway and hit good shots. And it, it should be another probably mid-teens, low-teens. Uh, yep. The, the winner will have to pull something like that out. So, so it'll be, again, another good tournament, good start where players will be able to uh, put up scores and, and hopefully on Sunday it will be a very tight race again. What do you think of Bryson DeSirambo and his new, uh, new look and new game? Um, I was a little surprised by how big he was, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm just not a uh, Bryson fan. I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just like how uh, everything he does is so calculated and right. everything like the one length club and like, you know, it's, it's two degrees hotter today. So I know this and that. And yeah, now he's this basically long drive hitter and yeah, I'll give it to him. Yeah. He absolutely mashes that off the tee. Now it was insane. I think they were showing like he had like the, 20 longest drives of like the tournament right. or something. It was like insane how far he was hitting it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a DeChambeau fan. I'm like you. I, I've tried, like I try to like him, but then he just does things like I can't like this guy. Like the, the, the social media video that he put out on Thursday, what was it? Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Just like going. 10 minutes of yeah. no talking. Just like, can't, it's like, ugh. right. Like, I know, I get it. He's like, we're all, we're trying to make content these days, but that just didn't hit. And I know you swing and miss sometimes, but like, you, you just try to like him and he just does something that's like, I just can't like this guy. And yeah, he worked his ass off. I'm getting him credit. But I, I mean, I don't know. Some of these courses, like you don't need distance. Like for instance, this week, like you don't need a 360 yard drive. Like it's just not going to do you any good. So like, yes, it, it helps in certain courses, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't, Sometimes I don't see the, the payoff here. Like, I think he could have done other things to help his game. Yeah, even, like, last weekend, yes, I think he, he finished one shot back, and he, he made a nice run on Sunday. But I think, like, it felt like every time I was watching him hit, he was hitting out of the rough. Like, As I was going to say, it's a big adjustment period, too, to figure everything out, like, you know, how to play. Like, it's a new style. Yeah, and maybe, maybe for him he figures, you know, the, if I hit the fairway – 25 percent of the time or whatever and and i'm only 60 yards away and i can i'm guaranteed to eagle or birdie those holes it makes up for you know hitting so many wayward shots off the tee that that he he knows he'll only par or bogey so maybe he i'm guessing he probably has that calculated out where yeah maybe he doesn't isn't as accurate hitting the fairways but he, he figured out that the extra distance gives him this better scoring, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing he put a lot of thought into it. I was just saying, I'm sure it was all calculated. I'm sure he did some a number of calculations and figured, hey, this is you know the best way to win out here. And so I give him credit for that. But I just we'll, – we'll see how things, you know, play out as the summer goes, see if it actually, you know, was, was worth it. Uh, yeah, one note. Yep, go ahead. No, go. You too. I was going to say, I found uh, one note uh, doing the preview for this week that the last four winners of the Arbor City Heritage were first-time winners on the PGA Tour. So this could be a week where some guy that you, you know, might not have heard of comes out on top. This is sort of a course that anybody can win. So I think maybe this is a week that not – like just because the top players are playing doesn't guarantee that they're you know, going to win. Yeah, which, which I like. I, I would be very happy to see – um, kind of an up-and-coming guy or, or a guy who's been on tour for a while and then pull out a win. 
that's what's great about a lot of the, these tournaments because usually when you're playing the RBC Heritage, uh, Charles Schwab, it really isn't like the the big name guys. It's no. you get a couple of them, but like this is usually the week after the Masters, and obviously not yeah. a lot of players are are playing in it just because of what happened last week. So this does help the young up and coming players and the older guys looking for their first win. So sure to be close. I mean, won't I don't think it's it will be you know. You'll see a bigger leaderboard on Sunday than you would normally, but I still think this is a course where uh, uh, unknown could come out on top. Oh, definitely, and and that's what's great about this. I think the, these these couple of weeks you will be able to see, and you saw it last week too. There was a couple, you know, like Coke Rack and a couple of those guys who who have a couple wins on tour, but kind of no name guys make runs late on Sunday. So yeah, like you said, these type of courses, it it's not uh, one of those courses where you have to be a DeChambeau and just uh, overpower the course. It is a course that uh, you don't have to be a big hitter to play. It it is more of a, you know, you got to be well-rounded everywhere, hit the fairway, hit the greens, make putts and stuff like that. So, so it would, it would be awesome to see a a kind of a up and coming, no name guy, maybe get a win here. But I also on Sunday want to see, you know, Shoffley, McElroy, Spieth throws those guys on the leaderboard or at least, close and, and giving a push to, to make that Sunday and even Saturday more interesting. My pick for this week, Brant Snedeker. Sort of not – he's one on tour, but he hasn't really – I think he, he was better, I would say, five or six years ago. But uh, he has a lot of success at Harbortown. I think – let's see here. He uh, He's played – the. he only has one missed cut since 2012 at the event. He's played in every year. And he has three top 25s. Uh, I, I just think with him being a good putter, I, I like Snedeker this week. Sort of a, a long shot, but, you know, I think that's what happens with this course. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. And, and uh, yeah, like Snedeker, he's, he's been up and down. I think he had dealt with some injuries a few years ago, so he's kind of figuring it out. But, yeah, if, he, if his putter's working, he's he's one of those guys who, who could make a push um, and, and make a run. I think yeah, he's 90 to 1, so might as well throw some money on him. Uh, my my, I, I'm interested to see um, Colin uh, Morikawa see how he bounces back because he hasn't missed a cut in his career yet. He's like what 22 of 22 or 21 of right. 21, something like that, and kind yeah. of seeing how he ba- bounces back this week because he's he's a great iron striker. He's not long off the tee, but his irons are are great. And and this I think this is one of those courses where you put it in the fairway and, and you rely on your irons when you strike the ball like him. He should have a, a good week. Um, tournament this week but I am interested to see how that playoff loss affects him um going into this tournament but but he's he's one of those guys I'm looking at um maybe bouncing back after a tough loss and and pulling out another win and I think it'll be a second win on on tour yeah yeah for sure I mean I think I saw a stat like in the last year he's number one in tee to green in the entire tour but like a hundred and something in putting so if he can figure out his putter, he's going to be right up there. And I think that's something to note moving forward. Like if he can figure out his putter moving forward, he could be up there with the McElroys, the the Dustin Johnsons, the Brooks Kapkis is one of the best players on tour. Yeah, so it will be interesting this weekend with uh, – because you do have a lot of the big hitters. You know, you got Johnson, Kepka, Woodland, DeChambeau there. How, how those type of guys play yet. They're, they're top guys in the rankings, but – with a course like this, what what they're able to do and if they're able to uh, challenge uh, for, for the leaderboard. So, again, second tournament back, be very interesting. I'm interested to see what CBS does with their um, coverage, if they'll change anything, add anything to it, maybe get rid of some stuff. And interesting to see uh, the, the, the play from these guys. 
second week back. Uh, have they have they wiped all that rust off? It didn't look like there was a ton of rust on them last week. Um, will they be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, cutthroat this week? I, I wouldn't say last week they weren't. But I don't know. With, with the no fans, will they be a little bit more used to that? And, and so Yeah, just everything. They're probably more used to the getting to the course, you know, different – Really different setup with the course, you know, not being able to use the locker rooms like they normally would, like, more comfortable, and I think that yeah. that could lead to some better play, maybe. Yeah, yes, that's yes, getting getting used to the the new normal for them and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah, I think their routine now they're going to have another week under where they where they have it figured out of what they're going to do and have everything planned out. So so I'm excited. Uh, last week, obviously, playoff it was great tournament, so I'm excited to see what happens this week. Got anything else, Ryan? No, just got the travelers in the week after. So I mean, too bad that fans weren't allowed because that'd be some you know local viewing. Media is not even allowed. I actually tried to put in for a credential, but everything's through the PGA Tour, and they're not. They're only allowing like the you know the golf channel, ESPN, like the real you know golf people on site. the big the big names. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, maybe after a few more weeks of your uh, preview articles, we'll be able to get yeah. through. Uh... Maybe I can make the cut. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Ryan. We'll be back next right. week for the Travelers. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t